It's great to be here with you all. My name is Pastor Eric Wakeling, and uh, just excited to be able to to share with you some more about the, this whole Simplify series. And we're getting into today to simplify our time. Okay, so we're getting into how our time can be simplified. And I just encourage you even now to grab uh, your little journal, your Simplify journal, and you can open it up to page six in there. As we're going to get into this topic that. I think is going to be really helpful for all of us. And last week I thought was so good with Matt Davis coming and sharing on Sabbath. And he started the whole thing with this uh, little bit about how he felt like he was maybe one of the worst candidates to talk about the Sabbath just because of some of the things, the habits that were in his life, even though I thought he did an incredible job. And I'm hoping for a similar intro and a similar uh, result as well here, because when it comes to time, I I just got to say, you know, it's, it's hard. This is a difficult thing because I, I don't think I'm a great man of margin in my life. I mean, I, I, I think about my life and I'm, I'm married to my wonderful wife, B. We both have full-time jobs and she's a teacher. I'm a pastor. They're not the kind of jobs that you, you know, you leave at the office, so to speak. We've got two great daughters who have all their, you know, kid activities and all that. Although I will say we're pretty good about not going crazy with that stuff. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back at, school for a third master's degree in ancient Old Testament context just because I think it's fun. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I don't, you know, I say that out loud and I think, you know, you p- people think I'm weird. But, you know, I just, <laughs> but, you know, that's something I wanted to do. My wife and I run a nonprofit on the side that we sort of inherited from my dad. It had been a ministry he'd been involved with. And we're serving homeless and helping church plants in poor communities and children in different um, levels of need. And so, you know, we've got that. I'm a chaplain for the Santa Ana Police Department. I'm try to work out a few times a week, and I've got a bunch of neglected hobbies, and, you know, you start to, just as I say that, I start to feel stressed out, you know, and it's like, ah, okay, and I'm here to talk to you about time, create space in your life, and I, I do think, though, that, I do think I have some practices in my life that, that will be helpful, and some things that I've learned, but, but also, this is the sort of topic that we will know a lot of the, the sort of facts and figures that I'm going to tell you, or even some of the verses you will have heard, but we need to be reminded of this because we can very easily get off course when it comes to our time, how we spend it, how we use it purposefully, and our ability to create space and margin to simplify our time. Okay, so as we get into this, we all need to take an honest assessment. So hopefully you got your books again, right? Page six, and you see the bucket there on page six. And if you got a pen or you see the pen on the back of the seat in front of you, if not, you can just imagine this. This, this bucket. Now, what I want you to do is just a quick, honest assessment to draw a line in that bucket of where you feel like your energy level is right now. Okay, your, how full is your passion bucket? As some have said, you know, where is your where is your energy? How much you know, just vigor and enthusiasm do you have for life and all that that God has for you? Okay, do that. Then next. I want you to draw a line. Now, this shouldn't take a lot of reflection, right? Just draw a line. Come on, you can do it. All right, so then draw another line to mark how full your time is with commitments, okay? How full do you think your, your bucket is with things that you are committed to? Ways that you spend your time, how full are you with commitments versus how much space do you have for flexibility, okay? 
Now, as you've drawn that line, the third line I would have you draw is the line that we would say is for unchangeable commitments. Okay, what, where is your line for those commitments in your life that cannot be changed or simplified? All right, go ahead and do that. Now, what I hope to challenge in you with this part is, I would say that oftentimes we feel like our life is all the way full with not just commitments, but with unchangeable commitments, right? But I believe that the vast majority of our, the, the, I mean, I want to, I'm not saying don't keep your commitments, okay? The commit, word commitment's a little rough there. But with the things that you have in your life that you feel like you need to do, I think there are many of those things that actually could be changed or simplified. You know, God and family should be those things that cannot be changed. But even your job can be changed, right? Like any, like a lot of the big things in our life, we can change, we can simplify. So I want you to begin to open yourself up to the notion that, okay, I can do this. I can simplify in some ways in my life, even though I feel maybe like the line was above the bucket or something. You know, it's, it's overflowing, it's spewing out with commitments, and I can't keep them. And I get it. I'm here right now and I'm, you know, another thing I do is I'm a life group leader that meets during this service. I'm double booked while speaking to you about time. That's crazy, right? Like I am currently double booked. So we got to just say, all right, let's, let's take a step and see what we can do with this because time is like the crocodile in the Peter Pan story with the ticking clock, right? It is the monster that is chasing us and, and it will come after us and time always wins. Okay. Time is the one thing you can't buy. Time is the one thing you can't get back once it's been spent. You know, that's why it is so important and it is so valuable. And this is why I think this talk can be so good for all of us. So let's think about it. Let's think about how, first of all, how did Jesus spend his time? What did he do? What were some things that, that Jesus was part of? I encourage you right now to turn in your Bibles to Mark 1.35. Mark 1.35. It's, if you've got the Bible on the back of that seat in front of you, the way those Bibles work is it's got, it starts over in the New Testament with page 1 again, so it's on page 27. So the easiest thing is to start in the back and flip backwards to, the, to page 27. Uh, so Mark 1.35. Now, if you'll notice this, what's so interesting, and why I want you to especially look in the printed word here, is if you look above it, you know, around verse 32, it's, uh, it starts talking about when evening came. Jesus had, been, Jesus had been working all day. He'd been ministering and serving and preaching, healing people. And when evening came, he's still healing people. He's doing work into the evening. And then it says in verse 35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And then it says everybody starts coming for him. Hey, where you at, Jesus? We got stuff to do, right? People are, hey, we're looking everywhere for you. Where were you, Jesus? And he's got another full day, okay? So he's working hard, but what he does is that he starts early with the Father. Jesus takes that time in the morning and he spends time with his father. And I think part of that is for even for himself. And part of that's for an example for us. That we would spend time 
with the Father. We'd start our day in that way. And I don't know if getting up early, getting up early for you is easy or hard, but I think it's an important thing for us to do, and I think there's value in it. And I don't like the actual, you know, few minutes where it's the getting up, you know, as the alarm goes off and you actually get up. But usually after that, it's a, it's a really good thing, right? It's a good thing to be up and started spending time in prayer with the Lord, uh, connecting with the Father, having that um, divert daily that Matt talked about last week. Just that divert daily in addition to the withdraw weekly of our kind of more extended weekly Sabbath. Uh, so then uh, what else did Jesus do? Jesus worked hard, right? We, we recognize that through that, you know, through his life, he worked hard. And even before what we'd call his three years of ministry, you know, before that, I mean, he's working with his hands as a stonemason for 15 plus years, right? He knows the value of hard work. And then he goes into his ministry and it's not, you know, so none of this stuff when we think about simplify or margin and and that, it's not just so we can kick back and be lazy. It's so that we can be healthy and so we can be effective and focused on what God has for us to do. Jesus was also intentional, with different groups of people in the way he spent his time. You know, he spent specific time with children, with the religious leaders, with uh, what, what they would call sinners of the time, with, his, with the many disciples, 70 plus, then down to the 12, and then to the 3. You know, he had these intentional ways that he spent his time. So he, he used his time strategically. And he was also on mission, right? Jesus spent his time with that, that purposeful intentionality of like what he came to do. He came to do that and he would not be distracted by other things. Now, he could be distracted by people in need. That's the good kind of distraction because he had the margin to be able to do that, right? But he was very purposeful. And so that's why I want to kind of get into again what Tim was announcing about that Discover Your Purpose class because it's so good. It's this amazing way that we can just find find out so much more about how God made us, our spiritual gifts, our passions, our abilities, our experiences, and, and all of that. And then find out how we can pour that into kingdom work. How we can serve God in that unique way that he has made us to be so much more fruitful, right? And so, and we're, we're operating then out of our calling instead of just, you know, doing what someone has told us to do or whatever. And so like, that's where this, this class I think is so good. It's one of the best things that Calvary does. And it is one of the most underutilized classes by Calvary people. And I think that that should change because it's an awesome experience. So I encourage you to be a part of that. I also encourage you, within the next steps in your Simplify little booklet there, it talks about something called the Master's Program. Now, the Master's Program is led by Bob Shank, and there's also a women's one with Sherry. And uh, there's a lot of Calvary families, the Essers, the Eliases, others that are involved in this ministry, that this thing is, is awesome. I've been through it. Many people have been through it. It will help you in this area of time, as well as so many areas of life. And I'm going to, with his permission today, actually use a lot of stuff from Bob and and quote him a couple times in here because it's that good. So I encourage you to check that out as well. So as we get into this, Jesus is on mission. How else did he spend his time? He observed the Sabbath for its intended purpose as well. So he took that time weekly as well as daily, right? So he diverted daily, withdrew weekly, uh, and had those moments just to observe the Sabbath for rest, restoration, connection to the Father. And so I think about this. I think about how did Jesus spend his time? 
And as we're considering even this whole Simplify series, we decided we wanted to do this. We decided we had this, this need for all of us, you know, in this way to simplify so that we can be more purposeful and more generous with our, our lives. And, and uh, then we start, you know, you start researching stuff, what stuff's out there after you start looking at it. And there's a book, that, the book we're using for life groups by Bill Hybels called Simplify. It popped up relatively quickly uh, when we searched for it. Uh, but it just, it's also just really good. It has some good nuggets. And there's this quote that I love the most when he talks about time. And he says this, I am still learning that my schedule, my time, is far less about what I want to get done and far more about who I want to become. Okay? So as he's thinking about how he spends his time, as we consider how do we use this, this most valuable resource of our time, he says, I don't want to just think about it, about my appointments and the things I got to get done. But you have to think about what you would plug into that based on the kind of person or who you want to become. And then I would say, as we're considering Jesus... I want to become more like Jesus, right? That's who I want to become more like. I want to be more like Christ. So let me pattern my time in a similar way to how Jesus patterned his time. So as we look through these things, you know, this list of things as Jesus was intentional and on mission and observed the Sabbath and got up early with the Father, all those, like, let's take that seriously as we become more like Christ. And then here's... Here's the big, uh, the big thing that I, I feel like Bob has, has taught me, Shank, through, through the master's program, is this. You don't manage your time, you lead your time. Okay? You don't manage your time, you lead your time. So forget about time management. Start thinking about time leadership. Now I want to read a couple passages of scripture that will get us into this. First of all, Colossians 4.5. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Okay? So we need to be wise about how we use our time, and especially as we consider how we would be a light to the world, you know, with the outsiders, and make the most of those opportunities. So as we talk about things like space and margin and intentionality, we want to be able to make the most of every opportunity, and we don't want to just walk by people in time of need. And then similarly, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we want to understand what are those key things, those big rocks, the big things that we should be about with our life. And we should be wise in how we use our time and make the most of it. And so this whole thing of time leadership, this whole thing of not managing it but leading it is because I want you to think about what is leadership, right? So if we're going to lead it, what is leadership? So a couple core things of what leadership is, you know, includes are vision and strategy. So first of all, leaders have to have a vision. So you have to have a vision for your time. What will be my vision of who do I want to become, right? How can I become more like Christ? How can I make an impact in all these different areas of my life that I want to make an impact in, and especially the big important parts of my 
my life and have a vision and then let that vision then lead as good leaders do. They have a strategy to fulfill their vision. And so we then have a strategy of how we use our time to fulfill the vision that God has given us of how we would use it and the kind of people that we want to become. So then you can maybe manage the little bits and pieces of that, but you got to have leadership of your time first. So I want to just pause for a second, and I want, uh, I want us to be able to take a step and just... Just talk for a minute with some people around us. If you have to get up and look, you know, and be with three or four people around you, you can. But just take a moment and just talk through some simple, simple questions here. Just what things cause you to waste time and what tools help you lead yourself in the area of time. Okay, we're just going to take a few minutes. Go ahead, discuss. All right, 30 second, 30 second warning. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and bring it back. I know these moments are never enough, but just want you to start thinking and processing this yourself a little bit. You know, the group, the group thing that Tim was talking about, right? But um, I, I, I want us to begin to consider how we can have tools that help us. And I want to provide a few tools as well. Because the important way is, the important thing is to be purposeful. 
Okay, the important thing is to be intentional. And that's another thing within, like how, how Bob talks about in the master's program, that these realms of life, your personal realm, how you grow emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, physically, these sorts of things, our professional realm, our careers, our families, our kingdom impact, the way that our ministry, the, the work that we do for God in some way to make an impact for his kingdom. And so we want to be intentional in that thinking ways that we can grow in those specific areas because we only have so much time. There's a guy that was named St. Jerome, and there's a statue of him outside the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. And he, uh, you could see on the bottom, there's a skull, because he would carry around with him everywhere a skull to remind himself that our lives are short, and we only have so much time to make an impact with our lives. And so we are, you know, we would do well to remember that as well as we consider our time. And so if you know what you plan to do with your day, the allocation of hours will be clear. If you make no designation of your day, the hours will be squandered. So I want to just do for us what is a pretty, uh, it's a relatively well-known illustration, little object lesson. But I want you to think about your life and how you spend your time and, and the priorities that you make, okay? And now, your life is this jar, okay? And it only has so much space, okay? Now, the, the big important things in your life are represented by these these lovely limes here, okay? The, the big rocks, the big things in our life. Uh, that's what these represent. And, you know, this is love God, love your neighbor, family, our ministry impact that we can make with our life. Uh, and then, you know, the rice represents the incidental stuff, kind of everything else. Like the stuff that's it's fine, that we, we all do. Sure, we all check our emails and watch TV and whatever. But, you know, if... If we put those things first and we just live an entire life of reaction rather than leading, right, managing, and we put all that stuff first, what happens is then we get to the big important stuff and it doesn't fit, right? And that's, that's a problem. But what we can do is we can stop and recognize, okay, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? Put first these commandments, love God, love your neighbor, right? Put those things in your life that are most important, the kind of person that you want to become, right? And put those things first, and then we put the incidentals. Then we've got to react. We still, you know, uh, we're still going to watch a TV show here and there. We're still going to check our emails. We're still going to just go hang out. But as we do all those things, then we can see if we put those seconds... It all fits. Ta-da! Right? So, we actually have time, okay? It just matters how we lead it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? It is very important for us to recognize what are those big rocks? What are those most important values in our life? And so, we have to lead it. And we only have so much time in our day, so we need to be purposeful with how we spend our time. And so the last thing I'm going to blatantly, with permission, rip off from Bob is this. How do you live out the big rocks illustration is, is being intentional with how you spend these chunks 
of your day, which uh, Bob calls half days, even though he says there's three of them in the day, and it gets my engineering friends very upset, you know? There can't be three halves. But uh, it's these chunks of the day that are for the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. So like an 8 to 12, a 1 to 5, and a 7 to 11, let's say, okay? And then you've got these three half days that are these chunks of time that you can put focus on and intentionality towards. And you've got 21 of those each week. You have 90 of those each month. You have 1,080 of them each year. And so what you want to do is take those areas of your life, the personal realm, right? The kingdom realm, the family realm, like all of those, the, the professional, the kingdom, the, the career realm, and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on these and I'm going to have focus time where I'm intentionally doing something to grow in that area, in that block, right? That chunk, that half-day chunk. And then, you know, we need to make sure there's time for Sabbath. We need to have some time to buffer. you got to do some of those other things or recognize that you will do some of those other things. And you need to be, you know, smart about it. It's like I'm not doing the family time when I'm supposed to be at work from 8 to noon or whatever, right? Like it's, you've got some, you have to have some intentionality of how you do that. Or I'm taking Hebrew right now because I never learned Hebrew. It's within that ancient Old Testament context, and I felt like I really wanted to. So I'm doing that from my, you know, 6 to 10 p.m. chunk on Monday nights. And that's that, that growth is coming in that area. Now, for you then, think about this. This is something that I was just thinking about with this. Like, if you have all those chunks, and you think, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to go ahead and assign these things. I'm going to have, I'm going to make at least one impact in, in each of those little areas, right? In each of those chunks. I'm just going to have one significant impact towards my life of becoming this, the kind of person I want to become. And then let's say you fail at that half the time. <laughs> you know, say you fail. You still have 540 significant life impacts in a year. Right? Like, that's, that's incredible to think about. Like, ways that you can be pursuing that. And hopefully we're doing better than 50%. Right? But that's just where we can see with some intentionality that our time can be spent well. And we can become these sorts of people that Bill Hybels is talking about in this quote. The kind of people that we want to become. And so, what, what we would see here is that your calendar is the primary tool for helping you become that kind of person. So use it, and use it wisely. And here's a crazy thing to think about, because you might think, oh, what do you mean the calendar is the most important thing? It's the Holy Spirit's going to lead us, right? You know, and I would say, yeah, when's the last time you invited the Holy Spirit into your schedule? When's the last time you sat down and said, Lord, how would you have me use this week? This, this day, this month, this year, and ask for the Spirit to lead you in that, in how you would do that intentionally by His wisdom and His guidance. And so I ask you to do that, to pursue Him, to ask Him, and to put things on your schedule that, that, like, are, are ways that you want to grow, not just your appointments. Ways that you want to be a more growing person. So if your marriage is struggling, have time with your spouse, counseling, date nights, prayer for our marriage, things like that in your schedule. If your friendships are, are shallow, maybe it's intentionally scheduling, not just hanging out with a big group, but saying, no, I want to pursue, I want to have a 90-minute coffee with that one friend and get deeper 
You know, it's, it's being intentional with how you would do it. Time with God, exercise, adventure, personal growth, spiritual growth, even church. If you want to hear more from God, be where his word is taught regularly, regularly and on time. Okay? If you want to hear from God, be here regularly and on time. If you want to be a person growing in your faith spiritually, pattern your life after some of the rhythms of Jesus. Time in the synagogue and temple, like here at church, and time alone with the Father. It's both. Okay? Do you see that? As we begin to pattern our lives more in that way, we schedule how we can become the kind of people we want to be. And so then we simplify. We simplify our time so that we can be generous and purposeful. Because you might start to do it and you're thinking, this is impossible, right? So we have to simplify. And I love Hebrews 12.1. It's really our sort of core passage when it comes to this series. When we think about this portion of it, you see on the screen especially, where it says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so we obviously know, we, we think often of, yeah, I need to get rid of the sin, right? I need to get rid of the sin that entangles me. But we also just need to get rid of all the other junk that holds us back, okay? The way that we waste our time, the way that, that we aren't purposeful with it, these things that, that cause us to not have a life of significance. And so we want to lay aside all of that other stuff that hinders us. And make sure that we are laying aside sin as well. And then we can live that life of purpose. Because the opposite of simplicity is not complexity. Complexity is a good thing. We are made as complex human beings. It's, it's wonderful to, to study and discover the complexity of our universe and the way God has, has made us and shaped us. But the opposite of simplicity is chaos, clutter, and confusion. Okay, that we need to recognize that we don't want to have just the clutter in our lives, the chaos in our lives, the confusion in our lives, but to have a life that has been simplified and kind of like the video, if you're here last week, this video of unkinking the hose. That is, you know, it is releasing the flow of, of God's work in us that we're able to see him as we are getting rid of those hindrances. It's, it's unkinking that hose so it is, is flowing fully. And so you might have a life that is full of good things, all sorts of wonderfully good things, but you don't have space for God or living generously. It's like the Good Samaritan story, right? These people are, the Levite and the priest are heading towards, you know, their spiritual work. They're doing something good, but they missed maybe what God's best was for them in that moment because they were in a hurry. They were on their way. They were too important. Whatever, if it was a heart issue, whatever that could be. Maybe that's wasting time with escape instead of rest. And, and that kind of spiritual restoration. So all of our time that we might have that's, op- that's open and available becomes these escape things like television or even more unhealthy things. You know, that where we never actually rest because what we needed was for our souls to find rest, not just our, our, our bodies, right? And so we got to make sure that, that we are discovering and finding that true Sabbath rest. And, and maybe it's living out someone else's calling and not your own. So we have to simplify our time so that we can be generous 
with it. Because we want to be people who can be distracted for the good things. We need space. We need space for the fire to be able to burn and grow. And so I want to, I want to read you a poem. Not something I normally do. I'm a big poem guy. But I love this poem. It's called Fire by someone named Judy Brown. And this poem speaks of the need for the space. Okay, so listen, listen with me to this poem. It will be on the screen as well. What makes a fire burn is space between the logs. A breathing space. Too much of a good thing. Too many logs, packed too tight, can douse the flames almost as surely as a pail of water. So building fires requires attention to the spaces in between as much as to the wood. When we are able to build open spaces in the same way we've learned to pile on logs, then we come to see it is the fuel and the absence of fuel together that makes fire possible. We only need to lay a log lightly from time to time. A fire grows simply because the space is there with openings in which the flame that knows just how to burn can find its way. Let's create simplicity and space, margin in our lives for the Holy Spirit to do His work. Create that space for His fire to burn. So now, we want to respond to this, and we're going to take just a little bit of time for you to spend in in journaling. And if you look to page 7 of your simplified journal, there's some questions there. And we're just going to give you a few minutes now that you can just sit and reflect, answer those questions, write down other thoughts that might have come to you, and, and take some time to personally reflect, and then I'll come back up in a moment.
So more than likely, these questions are bigger than three minutes. And so I want to encourage you to take these home, you know, to, to spend time praying, like, like we said, asking the Holy Spirit of God to lead you in your time, and then you lead out of his leading in your life. And uh, I think that we can see such significant growth in our lives as we do that. And the ability for us to, to make an impact for the kingdom of God because we have created space for it in our lives. Now, uh, I'd like to ask the, the ushers to come forward. We're going to take a moment to be able to give, to be able to express our worship to God in the way that through the things that he has given us. God owns it all. God has given us everything that we have. And we have this time here to worship him through giving back to him. And it's even a way that, um, as, as we'll continue to learn, that we can continue even to, to simplify our lives as we have less tight grips on the, the things that we think we own and control. So let's practice that now as we give back to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of time. It is such a valuable, valuable resource, and may we use it for your glory, God. I pray, God, too, for even this moment as we give to you, Lord, of our, of our money. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in our heart that, that helps us to let go of it and to think that it's that it's ours and it's so hard to give to you, Lord. But I pray that you would grow in us that, that cheerfulness, that joy, that passion just to worship you in this way. Lord, so we love you and we, we surrender it all to you, our time, our talent, and our treasure. In Jesus' name, amen.